the worst moments of our life. Hey, girl. Hey, that's bad. Uh, so speaking of like worst ever experiences. That is the worst ever. I don't feel so good. And that was my worst audition ever. How bad can it be? <laughs> and we feel the pain is best served funny. Welcome to Worst Ever Podcast. Where that is not your host, Christine Lakin, but I am. Ala uh, I no no. I am your host, Christine Lycan. I'm your host, Ala. You're the Khaled. co-host. You're nope. the you're the, the you're the the cohort, the minion, again, the sidekick. Christine, you, without me, there is no you. Mm. I don't know if that's actually. That's I not do. Really accurate, okay. But, okay. Today we have a very special guest, an old dear friend of mine. She ain't old, but she's an old dear friend. Thank you. You're for welcome. The she's gorgeous. She's Thank gorgeous. You. She is. Um, Chocolate. You'd not be able to guess her age. <laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> she is urban. She is a singer, yes. an actor, a performer of all sorts. A fashionista. She's a fashionista. I'm at, oh, she is an inspirational speaker. She has multiple facets in her life. I've known her since you were what? 15? Yeah. Her name is Rona Bennett. She's a former Mouseketeers, which we're, that's how I met her. Yes. And she's currently now, get this, <laughs> in the girl group, the legendary group, N Vogue. Never gonna get it, never gonna get Come it. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I had that first album. Can I just tell you, that was like the CD of my, my life. That yeah. was like a soundtrack. I loved every single song on that album. They really like that girl group, that sound. There was nothing like that. Yeah, it was what that was That's also iconic because we were teenagers. Yeah. We were teenagers when it was out. Yeah. Right. And so they, the original group, I should say, they, um, it was during the boys, like before Boys to Men. But it was probably yeah they were around the same time around the same time yeah. so it was like mm-hmm. it was one of the first girl or I should say female groups mm-hmm. that actually succeeded oh yeah because that's in the music business it was I know they tried launching many a many female artists they did as groups and it just didn't it just didn't click they really paved the way they, I think for yeah, Destiny's 100%. Child so now it's just it's sort of it's so interesting now that you're in this group, which we'll get to eventually of, of how that came about, because um, I almost feel like you were meant to be in something like this, if that makes you sense to you. think so? Yeah. I, I know that. I, I'll, I'll tell you why. But I'll, when we get I'm to that part. I'm very interested to hear this. When we get to that part of your life. But I want to start with the early days. Okay. Because. Obviously, if you don't know Rona, she is a musical talent. Um, you got pipes. Thank you, dear. Mm-hmm. And she's very, 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 um, what's the word? She's, because um, <laughs> you're You so always fo- have to brace yourself. She's focused. I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to. She's, she's, she's been focused since she was a teenager. She doesn't, she's never been that normal teenager. Yeah. Yeah, she's. I love that. Word. She's like, she rehearses, she warms up, she auditions, she takes music, vocal lessons. She's the she's, opposite of you, meaning she's a professional. She's correct. That's <laughs> okay. That's right. the word. Professional. There we go. Professional. It's not even Got in it. my vocabulary. That's no. what's so funny. <laughs> so you Hilarious. started acting and singing at what age? 
Singing uh, came to me first at around seven or eight. Okay. And professionally? Professionally, 12. Doing? The Goodman Theater in Chicago, Illinois. I got hired for the a Christmas Carol. Wow! Oh, how fun! Yeah. Did you grow up in Chicago? I did. I'm from Chicago. Okay. Yeah. And were you singing at seven or eight, like in just around the house? Just around the house. I was in the basement of my parents' house. Uh, I was a very precocious, <laughs> wild-eyed kind of, you know, interesting kid. Um, we had these wood panels in the basement that lined the walls. And so for me, uh, I could self-entertain. And where someone would just see the wall, I saw an audience. Of people, you know, and that was my thing to do on a daily basis. And then I would go down and and visit my maternal grandmother and she used to take care of foster kids. And so I would assemble my cousins and the foster kids together to do a talent show for the end of the summer when our parents would come pick us up. So, yeah, it was in me pretty early. And you knew you knew you were talented. No, I just like to do it. Right. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like what were you singing? Like church songs? Not really. I think I sang a lot of popular music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was into what was on the radio. That's awesome. And then, so you did that, so you did the Christmas Carol. Obviously, it was a seasonal thing, right? Yeah, that was the first thing that I did professionally. I was doing plays before that. I would perform at little venues around the city in Chicago. And then my first big break came from Oprah Winfrey when she did <gasps> The Women of Brewster's Place. But it was a television series, not the miniseries. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Who did you play? I was I was I was going for her niece. Uh-huh. And we went down to the screen test with another young lady, D Deleon Richards. Shout out to Deleon. And um she ended up picking Deleon, and I remember that was the first major letdown that I felt in the business because I really wanted it and I really thought I could have it. But that speaks to, you know how I'm always transitioning into mm-hmm. some something inspirational. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that speaks to the law of attraction because we both desired it so much. It's like the universe, God, opened up and made space for both of us because they called back maybe a week later and said we created a role <gasps> for Rona. And so I was her best friend. That's we, awesome. Yeah. So, so that you was you do the really whole cool. series? I was a recurring. Okay. Mm-hmm. And did you read for Oprah? I did. And what was chills. she like? I, I mean, what chills. age are you at this point? I am 13. So you're aware of who she is. Absolutely. Right. She had the Oprah Winfrey show at Harpo Studios. Right. Yeah. So what was that like? Nerve wracking. <laughs> I bet. Do you remember what you did? Um, We had to sing mm-hmm. and we had to act. So I... I don't remember what we had to sing, but we were classical artists. So I had probably had to sing an aria. Wow. Uh, back then, which is opera for right. people who right. might not know. And that was something that you obviously had to go learn. That wasn't something you had yes. in your repertoire at that point. Well, you know what? I had just as, a, which I'm sure you'll talk about, Shadell was oh, my vocal teacher at we'll, the time. We'll, We're going to get to that. <laughs> and Shadell used to train me. Uh, with a classical background. So oh, I had okay. that foundation in me. Oh, okay. Good. Coming into that. Yeah, and as most musicians should, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think everybody's story is different and how we develop our instruments mm-hmm. is different. It's supposed to be different. I just ended up giving myself that because I was a go- I was in a gospel choir. Mm-hmm. I was in the Soul Children of Chicago. Shout out to my soul children. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to sing second soprano at the top of my lungs and I would be hoarse after practically every concert. Uh-huh. It was very painful. And that's what pushed me into getting vocal wrong. training. Yep. Got it. 
And then, so you did. Well, <laughs> he's laughing because he's like, you were saying well, wrong. Well, because well, yeah. well, let's it talk about gospel choirs. It it's a lot. Um, it, they sound amazing, mm-hmm. but they scream sing. Well, (laughs) kind of, sort (laughs) of. Yeah, I mean. We can, yeah. And some people do it. Some people are built. I think their anatomy is built for that. It's just that some of us aren't. Listen, you know, you got to learn how to scream. I was a choral person all my life growing up. It was like one of the outlets that my parents gave me because they worked such long hours. They made sure I was in activities after school so that they didn't have to, like, hire, you know, a sitter. A sitter. Yeah. Yeah, you're so, definitely a screamer. Right. So could shut up. <laughs> so when I lived in Greensboro, North Carolina, my next door neighbors, the McKay Hearns, Dorian McKay Hearn and Natasha McKay Hearn, they were my best friends. <laughs> Shout out. Uh-huh, in Greensboro. <laughs> and they would take me to their church with them. Now, remind you, I'm Muslim, but but my parents didn't mind because we were friends. They were my next door neighbors. They trusted them and blah, blah, blah. So then I joined the gospel choir there. Really? Yes. And I was the only non-African-American. Okay. But well. I'm not white, right? So <laughs> I'm like, so I didn't, you know, but I was I was in it. Like, I still remember the songs. Really? Yeah. Oh, this is, th- I'm th- learning new things of, too. Um. Oh, God. Over and over and over. He keeps on blessing me. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Thank you a lot. Yeah, I remember, yes. I remember the song still. Like, it's ingrained because it was such an... I, I loved music so much, and so it didn't matter what... It was just a different... Because I was yeah. in school choirs. Yes. But this was a whole other world, and then I was like, wow, they really are passionate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's an I, amazing I, just, experience. Tra- I transgress, but yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what I was trying to say. It's a very passionate type of singing, I should say. Absolutely. Not scream singing, but it is screaming and singing. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for clarification. You got it. So then, so then you, you finish Brewster's Place. Yes. And you go on to? I did some industrial films and things around the city. I did voiceovers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then the Mouse Club. You had an agent at up. the time? I did. Okay, so Mouse Club audition in Chicago. Yep. What did you sing? Aha. Uh-huh. Um, I think I sang two songs. I sang Denise Williams. Gosh, is that Denise Williams? Let's hear it for the. Let's boy. hear it for the boy. That's one of my favorite Footloose. Yes. Yes. And mm-hmm. then I also sang a uh, One Moment in Time by Whitney Houston. Probably. Oh yeah, it's a good one. Woo! That's <laughs> that's a range. And, and you the, were how old when you auditioned? Yeah. 13 probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, so what seasons were you on Mouse Club? Uh, Fourth season until the end. Until the end. Mm -hmm. And you, the whole family picks up and moves? No, just one at a time. Like everybody kind of took turns. My mom was down there at one point. My dad, my grandmother, my sister even came and was my guardian at one point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a lot of, you know, we've talked to several Mouseketeers and so yeah. many of them were not from Florida. You know, Dee Dee, her whole family moved out from San, San Diego. Diego. Yeah. Um, Albert, I mean, his yeah. mom moved out from Chicago. I mean, it's it's a huge people don't really people don't realize the sacrifices that a whole family makes. Yes. For me, um, when I was a kid, it was so easy. I'm the only child. So my mom came with me. My dad like went back and forth from work and it was like, but my mom always said to me, you know, and I think she did this because, you know, guilt runs guilt runs deep in our family, keeping you in line, keeping your head small. Um, if you had a sibling, we wouldn't be doing this. Just letting you know. Wow. And it, it's probably true because I just don't think they would have felt it, – it's hard, you know. 
It's it's a it's a lot of sacrifice for it everyone. Is. It well, is. And then also there's a lot of like um a lot of people think because the parents are sort of I don't want to say living off the child, but they're sacrificing financially to move over. So, yeah, some of that money has to go towards the household in the sense of like they're picking up their they're leaving their you know, these are adults that are leaving their jobs to make sure that their child has a opportunity. So I don't know if they become the manager or whatever, but there's a piece of it that has to go to the family. There has to because they're paying for the, you know. Well, sometimes you're, people have two homes. They're getting the temporary home. And they absolutely. Still have the home no, it's definitely that wherever. way. And then also, you also are just at that time, I don't know how the shoot schedule was, but I, you, pretty, pretty heavy. Right. Yeah. But a lot of shows with kids, they shoot for three months and then they got to go back. You yeah, know, it was it, it was interesting. So it, we kept extending. It would be five months, then eight months in Orlando. It just depended, right? You know how long the seasons lasted. So you arrived to Orlando. Yeah, your first day. Tell me about it. Blur. I have no idea. What, I don't even. Were, were remember. you there? Were you? Because <laughs> so you were there with Dale. I was. Uh, who were the new kids that came with you? I hope I don't forget anybody. I'm sure I probably will. So, um, but Nita, Matt, Dale, JC, Carrie, Tony, Blaine, Justin. No, they came maybe after. a season or two seasons later. Oh, Justin like and, and um, Justin, um, Christina, and Brittany. Uh, Brittany. Brittany and Tate and TJ. Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. That was the next season. They came in season six, I think. Right. right? Something. You're like right. That. You're right. <laughs> Hey, y'all. Those are the dogs. Sorry. My husband <laughs> came back home. Oh, damn it. There's uh, guard dogs. They're guarding you. They've, so, by no, the way, they've been no, circling no, around no. Rona this so whole time. So did they do, because I talked to, like, Albert's season, they did not, because they were the first of that whole beginning of the new Mickey yeah, Mouse Club. Yeah, They were the originals. Mm-hmm. Had you seen the show before? No. So you weren't even a fan? No. You had no idea? At all. It was a job. Yes. Got it. No, because uh, because I know like the Carrie and the Tony and the um, Matt and those guys, they were fans. Yeah, I had no clue. We because you had to order the Disney Channel back in the day, right? So right, we weren't right, ordering right. the Disney Channel, right. you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Go down and give it in one hundred. <laughs> Play with your paneling, right? It's fine. That's right. So um, it was. Did you have to go through that whole camp thing? Yeah, we did um, several auditions. And then there was the big audition here in Los Angeles. And then they flew everybody who made it to uh, Orlando. Got it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that they did a big audition. They did a separate audition here for mm-hmm. Network. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, did this vocal coach come with you that you speak Chanel? of? When they should know. That no, was like, I was, that was when I was older and I finally left uh, the Mouse Club and I came out here to play with the big dogs. Okay, we're going to get oh. to that too. <laughs> She has an extensive career that a lot of people don't know about. Like she's, first of all, Rona is probably one of the funniest people I know. She is, she brings physical comedy back to the art of television, which doesn't exist anymore. It's, I'm talking like Dick Van Dyke style. Right, right. Like she can walk into a room in a scene and it's hilarious because she, it's, there's not, well, it's true. (laughs) There's so many people that can really do that And it's natural. It's not like, it's not like she's forcing it. Right. It's, she naturally has this comic ability to, and I, I, if you can, 
if you can find anything on YouTube with Rona, and we'll list some of the shows that she's done, you should look at it because you're going to be like, oh my god, I remember her. You know, yeah, yeah. she's it's, she's Cute. definitely a presence when she enters a room. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Because you ain't going to get that many compliments. I mean, from me. dang. Let me case. grab it up while I can. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank God we're recording this. Yeah. <laughs> I would never say the same thing about Christine. Trust never. Me. Ever. Uh, no. So, so then Mouse Club happens. Obviously, you're sort of growing. You're now becoming a. You're like going through puberty and stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, things are happening. <laughs> The the hormones are racing. They're doing things. And you guys are on a really hard schedule. They don't realize what kind of schedule you guys had. Yeah. And Orlando, Florida is a right to work state, by the way. So there's not the unions don't really exist there. So but I feel like we did have protection. You did have protection, yeah. but it came late. It came your you years. Had my time? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. there was no protection in the beginning. Trust <laughs> oh, okay. me. They were working. They were working the shit out of the first crew, and you can ask any any one of them. They were working crazy out. That's why they became. That's why the Albert Damon Chase Didi Tiffany season. Yeah. They were notorious. They were. That's why you guys were groomed differently than they were because they turn into monsters. On not in a bad. <laughs> they they were exhausted. They were working them to death. Wow. And, and they were th- kids. They were kids, yeah. and so they were rambunctious, and they were gonna. They were like losing it in the sense of like. Oh my goodness. Oh, it was crazy. Wanting to rebel and yeah. like go. There, there was a point and- where. One of the producers thought I was their drug dealer, which if you know me, I don't I've never done a drug in my life. Like, you, like I don't run away yeah, every time like, you think there's pot yeah. in a brownie. <laughs> <laughs> he every time he comes over here, he's like, Are these goldfish? Are these pot goldfish? What's that? <laughs> no, <laughs> they're <laughs> not. Like, I'm like, I don't want anything to do with it. So it was Hilarious. just ironic, but the, what it was was they were feeding them so much sugar. In craft service that they were like I mean they oh, would yeah, t- bouncing off they the would walls. steal the golf carts and go through <laughs> Go through the park and like just like I mean they were going. You can imagine Damon Chase wow. and Albert oh, together, yeah, yeah. right? So you guys were had a different kind of environment. It was Definitely. very controlled. Yeah, you had school on set. Yes, on location education. Shout out to Mr. Yerger and okay. everybody. <laughs> and then you had an acting coach. We did at Gary Spatz. Gary Spatz, which, mm-hmm. who's who used to be one of our coaches. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah. He was the first when I first came out here and took class at the Young Actor Space. Yeah. He was yeah. he had, was running like I guess the mid teen program. Or yeah, whatever. look at that. So I, I, I and I had been coached by him before too because Tiffany Hale had introduced me to, and that's where I went to classes. That's how I met Christine. That's how we met. It. Um, it's our unfortunate connection. It's <laughs> the reason why we're here today. <laughs> so then, um, so how many seasons did Mouse Club go? Eight. Seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. So you went from four to seven. Yeah, and then they took you guys and. Made an album, <clears throat> yeah, MMC, MMC, mm-hmm. and you toured. Yes, with that. we did. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. That was fun, right? Yeah. You did targets. We did targets all over America, <laughs> and we traveled abroad as well. I saw you at well. the Target in Woodland Hills. <laughs> did you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because Chase and I had just moved in that year, moved to LA ninety four. Okay. Yeah. And I was out here the next year. Right. Yeah. Right. So then. Um, so then Mouse Club and all that ends. Yes. And you're like, I'm going to. I knew I was going to California. I had to come play with the big dogs. I had to come get and in the big game. And you came wanting to, what was your goal? Get in the big game. Act, and, sing, and act and everything. sing and do everything that I've been doing my pretty much my entire life. And you were how old when that ended? 18. Okay. Mm-hmm. Once the show ended, I was like, I'm out. Well, and, See ya. <laughs> but a lot of people moved. Yeah. Because it was me, Carrie. 
Tony. Yep. Dee Dee. Dale. Mylin. Yep. I used Dale. to live with Dee Dee and Mylin. Yeah, I did too at yeah. one point. Is that why we were... I'm like, well, how did me and Alat start kicking it? We were like because, crazy. Well, because I used to live with Dee Dee Mylin until I found my apartment, which was a block away. Okay. And then you ended up moving across the street. Yes, I did. So I was, we were all in the same hood, right next to that KFC, which is now a Starbucks. Yes, which sir. pissed me off. When I drove by the other day, I was like, oh, where's my KFC? It's gone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so, and you've been in the same place. I mean, not the same apartment, but the same building. I've moved four times on the same street. That is crazy. It's anyway, crazy. Wow. So you came, so you got an agent out here. I did. And you started auditioning. Yep. And you were booking. I was. You Worked with Jamie Foxx. I have. And um, did Living Single and the Martin Show and just all kinds of like guest star stuff. And right. then the Homeboys in Outer Space was a series regular. Right. So oh, Fo- yeah. it was Fox, yeah, yeah. right? UPN. Oh, UPN. That's right. <laughs> so for those of you who don't remember, it's called Homeboys from Outer Space. Or in Outer Space. In so Outer it was space. based on the sketch, right? It was. Wasn't it? A I think sketch? it was. It was first a sketch. in Living Color. It was a sketch in Living Color. Was it? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was big yeah, in Living Color. It was. Then. You're right. Okay. So they d- developed a series, <laughs> right. which you played the computer, right? The sassy computer. And she's okay. just a head. Yes. There's no <laughs> just body. A, she's a like head. a head. <laughs> How do they do the green screen? Yes. Were you in a? I would sit on in front of a green screen, and I guess they put a a tube around me. You know, like what looked uh-huh. like a tube. Because your head would float. Yeah, because I couldn't use my hands or anything right. like that. It was just so my she was face, face acting, That's which so I don't Pee know. Wee if Herman. You, she was, yeah, it, it, it was. What well, was a, it? Was sort of like a spoof on. It was sort of like a. It was an urban Spaceballs. Right. right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it was an urban. You know, um, and who else was? Co- Flex and Daryl. Uh, oh God, he's gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did. Um, um, it's all right. Steven's um, looking things up. I know. Oh my gosh, he did. Uh, what was the other show that the Cosby's had the spinoff show of uh, Different World? Different World. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yes, Daryl Bell. Yeah, yeah the, he was Loved that the show too. who did he play in Different World? He was the uh, he was the dumb guy, uh, Ron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that show. So it was like it was your big. It was a. It was for that was LA my first series. That was like regular your first role, series so that was regular. Really cool. And did it go a full season? It went for like twenty two shows or something. That's great, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. In this day and age, things oh like go gosh. like four or six. Yeah, they're like if they didn't have the. I was going to say that they're finally starting to come back around. Um, yeah. Situation comedies and stuff like right. that. No, right. No, they're starting to do more multicams. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. I mean, I think I liked the art of that kind of television. When it's so much more economical to produce, you know, because you've got your sets and that's kind of. Right. You're not all over the place trying to get, you know. It's stable. Other shots. Yeah. Yeah. And you were. S- Trying to put an album together at the same time? Uh, yes. Uh, I I was so close to being signed to Death Row Records, which is so unorthodox for people to hear. Right. But um, I was two seconds from being like... What was the pivotal moment where it didn't contract. happen? And uh, you're, you're a stickler with that, too. That's. Uh, but your girl found the loopholes in that. Chadelle. Because supposedly the contracts were all done and then we got to the last day and some things changed. And it was like, wait a minute and wait a minute and wait a minute and no. Wow. Yeah, but you, I'm, I'm going to give you an example of something real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, Because this is, this is how I think, okay? 
My friend Jason Watkins was an original member of InSync. Okay. Yes. He was sing. This is in Orlando. He was singing in two different b- groups. One was InSync, and one was another group. And I got a call from him in L.A. And I knew Justin, and I knew JC, obviously from the Mouse Club, and I knew Joey Fatone from high school. So I knew most of the members. So I was like, he called me. He goes, I don't know what to do. I either have to sign this contract with this band called InSync, or I have to sign this contract with this other group. And he was the bass in the group. Yeah. He was the Lance Bass. Okay. Um, and so I said, he goes, but the contract with Lou Perlman. Yeah. Is really bad. Oh, right. I remember this And I whole said, thing. Jason, I go, I'm just going to say this to you. I know those guys. They're amazing talents. And this group is going to go somewhere. Don't be stupid. Just sign the contract. Because I'm like, what else do you have? It's not like, you know, you're not, you know... At least they had a career already in television and were known. Yeah. Jason was right out of high school and had, you know, no one knew the hell who he was. I said, do yourself a favor. Sign the contract. He passed. He got replaced. That next year, everything popped. Right. Right. And to this day, he, I mean, obviously... I don't regret my decision. I understand that. So <laughs> no. I'm just curious, because you were 18. Yeah. So you were old enough to know. Yeah. Right. But. You're still young, though. You you're know? still young. Yeah. But that opportunity of having that death row. I, I, I don't regret my decision. Because now the record business is totally different. Yeah. And then I had a record deal after that. With? With Rodney Jerkins. Oh, right. You know, at a, a, a dark, I was the first lady of Dark Child, which was a subsidiary of Sony Records. Dark Child. Dark Child, baby. Oh, Tony Braxton. <laughs> he wasn't man enough for me. <laughs> I love that song. So, you know, I wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like I never saw So did you release anything or, or you just demoed? You I did. You know what? That was actually a very blessed time. Um, I traveled to different parts of the world with. Uh, my situation with Rodney. We just never made it back to America. Back in the day, you know, when you go they to Germany to, first. Well, yeah, you go overseas, you build up the hype, and right. then you bring it back to America. Right. right. But that just didn't happen. Now, of course, I could say that you know there were some problems supposedly happening with the relationship with the, the two, the, the smaller company and the big company. But at the end of the day, I always take responsibility for myself, and I just oh, think it please, was some fear. I do with the responsibility. I do. Yeah. He can't stand when I t- when I talk like this. I know. It's I, okay. So the inspirational <laughs> shit. I'm like, all right, take. He it. doesn't want me to evolve, <laughs> honey. You've evolved. You're done. He doesn't want to. Do <laughs> All right. You know what I'm saying, people? No, listen, I get it. But still, like music is your passion. Yeah. And I'm doing it. Well, well we're going to get to that. Yeah. Okay. This is why we're going to, we're going full circle, bro. Full circle. Family environment? Yes. Are they musical? Is there, is the whole family? I mean, are you like. Yeah, are you the enigma? unicorn in the family? <laughs> um. Well, I'm the only one that's. Mm, I won't say I'm the only one. There's some younger, you know, right. cousins coming up now. But uh, for a long time, I was the only one that was picking this as a profession. Yeah. yeah. And supportive, I'm assuming. Say it again. Supportive. Who? The family was? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, definitely. And Very grateful for that. Musically, what direction were you going? At when? At Let's say at right after Mouse Club and when you first got to L.A. 
You know, I didn't have a, a specific musical direction. I would just I just like to sing. And that's probably what one of my major issues was, is that everybody would be like, well, what do you do? Right. I'm like, I do everything. <laughs> I'll do whatever you put in front right. of me. You know, yeah. I could sing jazz. I could sing classical music. I could sing R&B. I could right. do pop. So when someone would say, well, what is your thing? Because they always wanted you to categorize yourself. Right. I did not know how to do that. Right. Do you think that could have changed the direction of what your career was musically? Well, I just think that I wasn't that concrete in who I was as an artist totally. to give that kind of direction to somebody. I just was more of a multifaceted singer. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I, and especially at that time, people wanted like you to know what category you fit in, and I just right. didn't know that. But let's take like Christina for example. Yeah, Aguilera. She, listen, I've talked. We talked to Dale about it. Mm-hmm. She's, I mean. The, the voice is insane. Yes. Right? Yeah. Always. Right. It's just insane. <laughs> it's always been insane. I mean, yeah. Even as a kid. Yeah. On Mouse Club, like you can't, you look at this knobby kneed little girl mm-hmm. and that voice would come out of her mouth and you're like, what? Incredible. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. But she started because of, was it the Mulan? It was Mulan because no one would hire her, remember? Right. She couldn't get signed because people would listen to her and, they and they'd be like, oh my her... gosh, like she's, she sounds like a black woman. Yeah. And then they would look at her and they couldn't figure out how to like package that. And people like were passing left and right. And Dale was like trying to help her at the time. Yeah. And then it was Mulan. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Did Dale try to manage you too? No. No. I don't know. Okay. Cool. Well, <laughs> He's got he's multifaceted too. I know. But I mean, <laughs> if you even think about Genie in a Bottle and like where she started, that yeah. clearly wasn't what that was she her wanted direction. to sing. Right. That wasn't where it was. Probably not. Maybe stay. I don't know. No, no, because that 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 sophomore album after was was that stripped. Was that that one? That, I think that's the one with Beautiful. Is it? Oh no, I thought that was later. Oh, maybe that is know. later. No, you're right. But no, yeah, it's stripped. Yes, that's when the whole boxing. Yeah, that was when yeah. Matt Matt got his hands in that one. Oh, Matt wrote. Yeah, Matt wrote a lot of songs. I so, think on stripped. So Matt was also a Mouseketeer. What's Matt's last name? Matt uh, Morris. Matt Morris. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's a former Mouseketeer. His father's a famous Gary Morris. Gary, uh, a famous singer. Singer. Yeah. Matt's voice is awesome. Out of this world. He's now producing and writing, right? Yeah, he's been, yeah, over the years. I'm not sure what he's doing. I think he's more faith-based Yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. But he was working on Justin's album. Yeah, he bit. did a lot of writing. Yeah, so he's, yeah. That'd be, it would be great to see all you guys together. Maybe just do like, just like an EP. You know, you never know. I mean, it seems that one of the things I, I think is really fascinating about the 90s Mouseketeers, if you will, is that we have found a way to stay connected and we're really proud of where we come from. You know, we have supported each other. We're like a family. Uh, There's always in the club that Dale established. The fans are still so involved and so supportive. Like it's a, it's a phenomenon. No, it's not only a phenomenon. (laughs) Like we get, we'll get, we'll get reviews and and emails saying, please bring more Mouseketeers. Because this is such a a huge part of people's childhood. Absolutely. I mean, they put the Disney channel on, the map that's why you guys did so many seasons and like so many episodes within a season yeah you know what i mean because it was their show you guys kids incorporated yeah and i think there was one other one that they did that was um 
I don't remember. But it put the channel on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get to the new, new Mickey Mouse Club yeah, in a second. Yeah, yeah. Because what they're doing with it is interesting. Yeah. I, I, I sort of got a theory on that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wait, I'm, can we get to the – I, I want to talk about the – I want to talk about the the singing the vocal coach. Yeah, Shadell. Yeah, we're gonna to get to that. Well, let's talk. Let's, I want to know. I don't want to know whatever this like. You keep making a face when you say her name. Were you? How did you meet her? How did she come into the world? That was my vocal coach when I was having the difficulty uh, in Chicago. Okay. Yeah, and um, she taught me a lot of foundational yeah. stuff that helped me to improve as a singer. But she became Rona's manager. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Did she move out here for you or was she already here? I think she was already here. Right. Yeah. So. (laughs) (laughs) You love space. I know. Because Rona knows how I feel about the Shadell. Why do you feel this way? I just never. um, You didn't gel. You were oil and water. We got along. She was sweet. I just. I knew in my head. I was. I'm a little older than you. So. Not by much, girl. (laughs) Wouldn't know it. (laughs) Yeah. You're old a lot. All right. So, anyways, old. I'm a little older than so I and I had been and I had been auditioning and and doing stuff here in L. A. And right. I just something just didn't feel right. Like I knew she was a vocal coach, and I bet she's an amazing vocal coach. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she can get out of you what needs to happen and make it sound great, and you still stay healthy and yada yada. <laughs> As a manager, I was just like. You're in way over your head, lady. Okay. You didn't think she had the other side? No. That was my opinion. I felt like she was steering Rona in a, in a direction that wasn't necessarily Rona's direction. Oh. How's that for <laughs> okay. being diplomatic? All right. I mean, Thank you. <laughs> but I liked her. We got a lot. Rona gotcha. and I used to play jokes on Chadelle. <laughs> oh, God. What would you do? <laughs> So we would pretend, oh, this is so funny. So one day I came up with this idea. First of all, we used to watch, what was the talk show? that Richard Bay. We used to watch all the talk shows. We together. used to watch daytime talk shows, right? <laughs> what, what was his name? Richard what? Richard Bay. Do you guys remember Richard Bay? I don't Bay? remember that at all. He was. It was Ricky Lake during that right. time and Maury Powell. So, wait, I remember what them. Was the, what was the, Rona, what was the saying that I used to yell out? Ah. Fuck. <laughs> So was it his saying? It was, it was, no, it was a guest that was on there. Oh, oh, oh Debbie, you, you, you De- call Debbie, it no something, Debbie. Oh, Dirty Debbie. Dirty, Dirty Debbie. She goes, she goes. <laughs> there was like these like trashy guests on. It was like the yeah. first Jerry Springer, yeah, well, okay. of, right? Yeah. So there was some trashy guests, and then the um, the guest was like, "You calling me a hoe? You calling me a hoe, Debbie? You calling me a hoe, Debbie? Oh yeah." And we just started, we busted out laughing because we're like, that's what she came back with? Dirty Debbie? (laughs) That's why they call you Dirty Debbie! Debbie. So so for months, we would just, like, if I called her on the phone, I'd be like, you calling me a hoe? (laughs) Right? So that's the kind of humor that we, like, we were just, you know. Cray, cray. Yeah, yeah, we were a little nuts. So one time I said to Ron, I go, let's <laughs> tell Shadell that I want to be a professional singer and that you think I'm like, there's something there. Oh, and that, oh God. Right? <laughs> so we used to do this like reunited version, you know, reunited and it feels so good. Yeah, yeah. So we used to do this like really 
but I would do it like really, really off key on purpose <laughs> so that so and but with a, just to watch her face. But we would do it with a straight face. Like like literally straight. So Rona would like prep it and she she'd be like, Okay, so Chanel Allah he thinks you know, and I'm thinking he could he has something or you know, it so I'd prep it. And so she'd come over, and she's, he's like, she's like, okay, well, let's hear something. And I go, well, Ronnie, will you do the song with me? And so we would go. I don't remember how we did the song. Well, at the end, it would end. Reunited. <laughs> and straight face. And she would have her, per- I remember her, she had like her purse, and she just put it down. She's like, okay. Um <laughs> And then we would just bust out laughing. She's like, "Y'all are kidding, right?" She's like, "She's like, thank God." You know, she was like relieved. But like, we—that's the kind of stuff that we. Cause oh, like, that's so funny. Yeah. So every time I hear the name Shadell, I always think of that moment. I know. Oh we, had we had some fun. Funny times. We, did. we did. It was rough during that time. We were really struggling. <sighs> we were. You what know, you mean? it was struggling. fun. We just well, we well, were... it was like during the Thomas Guide time. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, okay. like the struggle was yeah, real. No, like you know, like you're trying to get around town. You're, you're trying, trying to get to auditions, like no commercial auditions. Like it's when Avail was really an Avail. You know, it wasn't like right. Avail. Like maybe thirty other people were on Avail, but like, like right. you're like it's a fifty fifty chance. You know, right? right. Um, <laughs> It's I like, miss those days. Those yeah, days it, were really cool. Back in the nineties, when, when it was before the smartphones, right? Uh, there was some crazy you stuff going service, on that we can only call. remember. Yeah, yeah we right. had pagers. You know, you know? pagers were a service, <laughs> and you yeah. would call in and you yeah. get your auditions and your appointments, right. and then you'd map them out the night before yes. and tell us guide. Thomas and, guide. Come on, you would like, spell hello with your numbers, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> One three four. No, that was one, I four, love three. you. Yeah. And and hello was like four three seven seven zero. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Come those on. were the days. <laughs> I just uh, never so wanted nine one one. So then, I was in trouble. I was always so in then, trouble. Runner, then you did start doing a lot of live theater tours. I did travel. Uh but you did today. now this is this is a different kind for me, right? We're gonna get into it. Like I'm not holding back here. It's the Tyler Perry style. Tours, if that makes Kinda, sense. Kind of, because, but this was a, a new uh, young man that was coming along. And so we did more dramatic. We were bringing in, a, we were ushering in a new flavor and sophistication, too. Right. So it was like shows like, and I'm making the title up, but yeah. like, Mama, Don't Let Jesus Interrupt. You know? No. <laughs> like, what? You know? Like, that wasn't my play, y'all. That like, was, it was like, my play. It was well, like, give me some titles of the shows. Uh, well, my show was <laughs> Men Cry in the Dark. Okay. <laughs> Not as exciting. As and is there music involved? Yes, we so did a lot of like, singing. But it was, and it was a majority uh, um, urban cast. Yes, right. So just, but they're live. They're yes. live shows, but it's like it's a musical. They're musicals, and they, they were reviews. Po- no, it, it was definitely no, a play a with music. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. But imagine the audience. It's like church going. Like they they get dressed up, right? Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. You know. But it was definitely at the time that I was doing it, that's when they were ushering in this new kind of play. You know, it was expanding the audience that came. Was this like I a fa- like. was there a, like a faith undertone or was there a moral no, this, undertone? No, that's what I'm saying. Like this one was just like a straight oh, okay, up based off it. of Michael Basden's book. Okay. Right. Men Crying. What kind of mu- was it original music? Original music. Was there a band or is it? There was a band. And really stupid, talented people. Right. I was surrounded by incredible talent. And how long did you do that? The first one, eight months. 
and it on was the road. On the road. Yeah. Wow. And that was so like, this is when things whoa. started changing because it sort of took you out of the business. It took, well, this was after my album did not do what we anticipated it would do. And um, this was a time in my life where I kind of, I feel like that's where a shift happened right. in me. Um, when you're trying to find out, okay, well, what am I doing now? Because mm-hmm. I had big aspirations for that record. And it just did not happen the way we anticipated it would. I anticipated it would. And then coming back and just figuring out, okay, well, what's my next step? And then that was, you know, somebody saw me do the um, Jamie Foxx show. And they were like, yeah, invite the, the lady that did the Jamie Foxx show. And, and right. that's how I ended up getting the job. You didn't audition? Wow. No. Wow. But it still took you out of the business for like a good eight months. It like took it- me on the road. Yeah. And then that just kind of shifted things. Like I just started living a little bit different. Like before that, I was like stupid disciplined. You know, like, you know how I used to roll. Right. So just um, relaxing my edges. Mm-hmm. You know, I, this is and when I started coming into. <laughs> when I started coming into myself. It was a different person. Not different, but just different, you know, growing yeah. up. Right. Well, you were, you were, it was the It was the next... first time I dealt with, like, major issues on a set. I never had issues, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, co-star like kind of issues? issues. You know, just co-star issues and not getting along um yeah or just people maybe not liking me mm-hmm. because not because i did something wrong to them but just or maybe you know i remember i didn't necessarily have the look that my co-star wanted for the role oh, oh so this is so a male that produced co-star. some interesting got uh, it things. Was it a love interest on the show? In the show, it wasn't my real love interest. No, I know that, but yeah. like you played that person's love interest. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. How does mm-hmm. that make you feel? It was very interesting. How do you find that out? You just know. Mm-hmm. It was. It produced some issues, you know. But it was. It was something that eventually. That life is so interesting. <laughs> eventually, yeah. you find out why things happen the way they happen. What's going on with people? That's why it's so important never to take things personally. But um, it, it definitely. Uh, affected my I just never dealt with anything like that so you do reflect you self reflect you know and, and, and you wonder about your self esteem and you sure. you know you, you deal with all of that did sure. you confront it yeah I'm, 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 I ain't scared and mm-hmm. what was the outcome the outcome is I was a prof- you know the professional that you know on stage always shows up Right. So it doesn't matter. But when you left the stage. When you leave, you deal with it. I just dealt with it on my own terms, um, but never did it affect what I do. And was his reaction respectful in the sense that he he was apologetic or understood? Or Years later. Got it. Hmm. Wow. That's hard. And then you still had to continue on. How far into it did you find this, this out? early so you continued on mm-hmm. and did the produ- and I never talk about this. that's okay did the <laughs> did the producers help in the situation or not they- necessarily no but I was so I'm such a workhorse and I'm so professional right that <clears throat> I would literally have to like stop doing what I'm supposed to be doing or be bad at what I'm doing, and I just, that no. was not in me to do. Right. I'm just, you know. Because I've heard of art, like, you know, I've heard of artists, right? Like, like for instance, I have a friend who's a dancer who is working on a major artist tour. 
and she's a very pretty dancer and she's an amazing dancer and she's very noticeable on stage and that particular artist did not like her and treated her like shit so they'd be dancing next to each other, blah, 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 or she'd be singing and then <clears throat> she'd be dancing next to her. And as she'd walk by, she'd go, get out of my fucking way, bitch. You know, shit like that. Oh, wow. Jesus. Wow. But my friend's a professional dancer. Right. And she's like, you know, but. Does what she does. Right. Yeah. But it made her life miserable during that tour. So it affects your outside. Cause you, sure. You know, you have to. It must be making. It must have made going to work hard, because especially for something that you love to do. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it can make it difficult because I mean, this is who you're working with every day, mm-hmm. and you got to deal with that energy that's there, you know. But um, you know, like that's the beauty of what I was developed into as a kid. You just almost become remote control when you go to work. You handle it. You're on. Right. So this is not even something I had to think about. It's like I just, you know, I'm yeah, clocked in. It, I think that I think it. that's okay in a normal job situation, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because as an actor, mm-hmm. now you've got to not only do you have to for, like leave that those feelings behind, yeah, but now you've got to show other feelings that right. say something totally different, right? And to like lo- to get into that moment must be. Like, that's a lot. Yeah, dude, we have to manage our emotional state. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, emotionally, it's like, I can't imagine not getting along with someone that you have to be so intimate with, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had that kind of experience? I'm trying to think, actually. Um, I mean, I've definitely had experiences with co-stars that I didn't gel with, you yeah. know? Or I found out things about them off you know, off camera, yeah. Um, certain beliefs they had, or maybe like, um, uh, I, I don't know, um, that I just not my thing, not the way I view the world. Wow, at all, and yeah. it makes it kind of it taints that, and you have to really kind of separate who you are as a person right. and what you believe in off camera to who these two, you know, act who these two characters are, and the fact that you like. You are into this person, even though you think that person might be a total misogynist or a racist. That's that's hard. Yeah. That's really hard for me. Yeah. And how many people were in the cast? I don't know. I don't remember. A lot. <laughs> but like, so are there like sides? Do other cast members know? It's yeah. Like- I mean, it wasn't like a secret. Right. But so, <laughs> so like, is is are now other people treating you differently? Based no, on that? Just no. I've had a, a great. You know, I mean, I had. It was definitely a challenging time. I'm not going to like yeah. act like it was not challenging right, from different course. spaces. <clears throat> but, um, but like that's just, the thing. It, I would still. I'd be the same. way. you got to still go and do your mm-hmm. job and play nice and, you know. Yeah. You don't have to live with that person for the rest of your life, not in real life. So that's the decision you get to make when you walk away. Yeah. It's, it can be tough to go through. I think in hindsight, of course, you learn so much yeah. about yourself, about other people, about life. Especially being on tour. I've yeah. never done a tour like that. <sighs> you're in a bubble. Yeah. You know, so that's your that's your little micro universe. And you're by that yourself. You're every day. And you're like the your bus friends, tour? your family. Mm-hmm. So you're traveling with traveling hotel, you know, whatever. And did you? Okay, so then this all finished. Did you do another one after? Yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't do like show. a lot, like right back to back, but I've done a few. What made you say yes? To, I mean, after that to experience, different experiences, different meat growing, evolving, and during that time, you know what I mean? Like not staying the same, also needing to work. Right. <laughs> Hello. And different cast, though, too. Different cast. Totally different experience. You yeah. know? But yeah. you must go in there with some reservations, I'm sure. Like, Yeah, I don't like... The first, well, the, the odd thing is, I want to say, when I was 12, when I did that show in Chicago, the, the uh, Christmas Carol, I had a nervous breakdown. You did? <laughs> Pretty much. Why? would happen? 12 years old, I'm in front of the theater, and my mom's getting dropping me off, and I just... I'm in tears. And she's like, what's going on with you? What is wrong? And I'm like crying almost unconsolably. And then I'm just sitting there and she's like, what is wrong? And I did not want to go to work. I I guess I was just overworked or something. Like I was doing school and then Uh I would have to come to rehearsal after that. Because it wasn't like on location education where it's all working together. So, you know, I go to school and then I got to go learn some stuff in the theater. And theater, you know, that can take hours and practice. and So I think I was just worn out and, and I never wanted to do another play. Ever. I didn't like theater after that. Serious? Serious. Like, did not. And then when that opportunity came up, it was like, well, what am I going to, you know, that was after the album, that was after this or that. I was like, well, I guess I'll, I guess I'm going to do theater. Yeah, like I was, I didn't even want to do it. And there I was in this, you know, interesting situation. Mama, don't let Jesus interrupt. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I love those shows. Have you ever been to any of those shows? No. You're from Atlanta. I don't know how that's possible. They do yeah, it in the I, Fox Theater alone. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. We we had season tickets to everything at the Fox, but we saw like Cats and Cabaret. Oh, no. Like this that. is, oh, that's very this different. Is, this is like, <laughs> this is yeah. like, Jesus, let the cats out. You know what? <laughs> wow. Oh, man. I'm just saying. That's what it's like. That I is mean. not the play that Jesus I did. Jesus, let the cats out. I mean. But- that's the cats that you that you know that that, that we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Allah. <laughs> okay, so wait. Okay, then. So how many how many years of this bus tour? Well, I did. I mean, I don't know. I did them off and on. I did some um, uh, television appearances here and there. You know, at either given time, one or the other was my bread and butter, acting right. or singing. And then, Ev came up. EV for everyone that knows is uh, in vogue. I'm sorry. I like the way you said it though. It's very um, insider. <laughs> insider. I like it too. So I feel like a part of the EV. <sighs> Me too. Which, by the so way, good. I saw them live in New York with Rona, and it's fun. And we'll Thanks. get to that. So EV, you say EV and Vogue yes. came up. Like, how does that come up? You know, Ricky. Luna, another musketeer, musketeer. who has been kicking butt. What's he doing? He's got Latin Grammys. Where is he? Is he here? I don't know if he's he's producing. The last time I heard, yeah, producing music. Well, he's been killing it. He's produced stuff for the uh, World Cup. Yeah, you know, I went to high school. His Ricky Luna's family is circus people. (laughs) That's a way to say it. I don't know. Yeah, they were they? like they're a famous family. They're a famous like trapeze. Oh, trapeze? like or something like that. Of yeah, the, his entire like yeah, that's like the he, whole. Yeah, I'm almost hundred percent sure. You're telling me something that yeah. I'm not very aware of. Yeah, he. Yeah, I'm those, almost those sure. Circus family. Those yeah acts are passed down. Yeah, yeah. It's I, like I'm almost no wonder he was so 
stupid talented like the yeah. way he could move yeah no his family is like in that world i don't yeah. know exactly what they're like what they do what the do. trick is yeah yeah the tricks but fire eaters yeah but they're in mm-hmm. that world so um anyways what was i saying so ricky luna's doing more latin stuff yeah what if he did luis fonzi i don't know because but he's done a lot of you know i went to stuff. high school with luis fonzi i'm not familiar with luis um, i wonder that- if he knows alana's husband He's got to know Alana Ubach's husband for sure. We went over. It's another friend of ours, and Who's a there's Grammy all these Award Grammys Latin, oh, for over their house. Then well. they probably do know. What each if other? it was Ricky Luna? We didn't even know it. Probably. This <laughs> no, it's is so not. dumb. <laughs> um, so he. What were you saying about Ricky? Ricky was uh, a, probably a budding producer at this point. Okay. He was working with a gentleman in, in the Valley, and they needed someone to come and sing a demo. Mm-hmm. So he called me up. He was like, "Ro, would you mind, Rona?" Role was came later, mm-hmm. but I came. I went by the studio and uh, performed for them. And the guy who he was working with was like, "I don't know if this is something you would be interested in, but Involve needs another singer because he had just produced a song for them." And he was like, "You know, would you mind? Do you think you want to meet the producer?" And I was like, "Okay." I never really thought I would ever be in a group situation. I always imagined that's interesting, right? Doing the right. solo thing. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. So then Denzel Foster, one of the founders of En Vogue, I met him and I showed him some of the stuff I'd written. I also played some of my album that I did with Rodney Jerkins. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, OK, so he, he they flew me up to the Bay mm-hmm. to meet Cindy and Terry. And it was that was it. Oh my just, so, but En Vogue originally was a four female group, four person group. Yes. And now it's three. What happens to that fourth harmony? I've always, that's what I was always curious about. Well, you know, what's interesting is before I uh, came on board or just before they went into a trio, I mean, Maxine, Terry and Cindy were a trio. Right. You know, for a a good bit of time. So it wasn't that the people weren't used to hearing in vogue as a trio. Um, A lot of their stuff was, uh, even if, even though they had four voices, some of that stuff was uh, octave. Octaves, okay. Okay. You know, so you you had the fullness, but it wasn't necessarily a fourth all the time. I see. So you could could make it work with three. So you go up there, do you sing for the girls? No, I just played them my music and my, and my uh, writing and, you know, they heard my recordings and we talked and we just clicked. So there, there was no like, let's see if we sound good together? No. It was like, I they guess it was knew, fake. They must know. But they also must know. They know what, you know, what the sound they're looking for. And is Joe I'm Movahill sure. managing them at the time? No. No. This okay. was, Joe didn't come on until later. Yeah. So Joe Movahill is another person that I went to high school with okay. as well. So that's why it's so strange. Good uh, God. Everyone came out of this Dr. Doc Phillips, Brown, Dr. Phil- Doc Brown Doc, high school. No, Dr. Phillips, <laughs> Orlando, Florida. Please check it out. Um, um, so... <laughs> So then when, how long, so do you move up to the Bay Area for a while to rehearse or do they just send you music and you learn it? Like, how does that work? I think I flew up there for uh, some amount of time. I don't remember how long I uh, recorded the record Soul Flower because they were in the middle of doing that record. Um, Another young lady was there, Amanda Cole, who ended up leaving. And then just after that, uh, Cindy we had to go on maternity leave. Okay. And so Maxine ended up coming back to the group in order to go on a tour with us in Europe. We did this thing called a night of the proms, which is like this mash of um, it's a, it's the, some of the top musicians from all over Europe that play in play classical music. And then they'll take rock and pop and bring them together. 
like cool. Yeah, really, really cool. Uh, wow. And we did arenas over there. Oh wow! wow. Yeah, so huge and uh, amazing. We did Germany and Holland. And, yeah. So how, I'm just curious about because. En Vogue is, is, like I said, it's a legendary group. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows the members, obviously, the original members. Yes. So how do they, like, introduce you, and how is that received? Do you know what I mean? You know what's interesting is that I'm so grateful <laughs> that go. social media was not born exactly at that time. So I have no idea, you know, what people really, really thought because you couldn't get the, right. the, the temperature of uh, what's happening in the world like that, you know? So uh, we just made music. We went out there and we performed. I'm so grateful for my foundation as a Mouseketeer. Right. Because sure. that was natural, second nature to me to just hop in there, learn some choreography, learn the harmonies, Not and let's go it. work. Right. You know what I mean? It was nothing. Um, not until later, when social media was born. When's that? Like 08, 07, whatever. Mm-hmm. Did you start to finally get maybe someone's opinion through a chat board? You know, because even Facebook wasn't that right. popular yet. Right. Or Twitter hadn't even been mm. born. You might see like little groups popping up online and, and you'd see their fan groups start popping up and people talking about what they've been seeing over the years. But then even still, you weren't paying attention like right. that. It wasn't, you know, who was online like that right. in the day. You just weren't. So I just never, I'm um, sorry about that. So you, I just never, um, never really knew. Not until now. It's so interesting. So uh, I'm just curious about like the original and Vogue. Are they all still kind of involved or did did some people just flat out leave and they brought in or is it interchangeable? Not interchangeable. Sort of- uh, Dawn has left since 97 a few times. So she's okay. been the one that's most, you know, There's a story. huh? <laughs> and then Maxine is no longer with we the gotta group. We got to get her either. on. No. <laughs> Give me Dawn. Um, okay. So do they – so you're under contract with them. Is that how it works? Yeah, we're working – yeah. And so how many albums since you've joined have they released? We've only released one album. And ever since then, we've just been – you know, I've been off and on with the group for 14 years. So, wow. So, you know, I have came in, then the original members come back, you know, and then come back, and then the I original see. members try again, and then now I've been back. And So, like, let's say yeah. – okay – Let's say like the Grammys called and they're doing a whole retrospective of 90s, whatever, mm-hmm. and they want Envoke to perform. Do the original members come back or do you do it? I have no idea. I mean, I, who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> right. I mean, like, how does that work? Like, I mean, like, are you a full fledged? That's why that's why I'm confused. Like, I get what you're saying. But yeah. Like, it sounds so interchangeable. I'm like, well, how does that work? I, don't, I mean, I don't know. At the oh, that's an interesting question. I mean, at the end of the day, no one's going to take away from the legacy right. of the original of members of this group. Period. Of course. So you know, I don't think anybody, nobody's ever closed the door. I right. see on that possibility happening again. But they say something like, "Hey, we want to go do this like ten week tour in Europe," and you know, I'm sure there's somebody that's like, "Yeah, no." And uh, I mean, probably. <laughs> well, that's a lot. It's a lot. But well, they know that you are amazing and professional and they love working with you. And that's why you're there. What, I'm what assuming, part of the song? Right? Like, are you, what are you singing in this? Like, what are you? I sing. Every, I mean, pr- the only thing I don't sing or haven't sung in this group is Terry's parts because Terry's always been there. OK. But right. I right. mean, you know, I've, I've uh, done Cindy's parts. And Dawn's so you parts have to learn Dawn, multiple Maxine's. and sort of change it up when. When needed, sure. 
Oh my God. That is, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And but how often do you guys rehearse? We don't anymore. We don't have to. I mean, well, if we're going to spoof something up in the show, of course. You like know, we'll get back. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, come in and rehearse. If we're going to do a television appearance, yes. You know, we'll come in and tighten it up. If we're going to prepare for another tour, sure, we'll go back and, and tighten it up. We'll work with the band if we're going to add some more material. But for the most part, the foundation is there. Mm-hmm. And like for the rehearsals or whatever that, whatever, like, so when you learned everything, did they, how did you, I mean, because there's movement involved. Yeah. There's, do you know what I mean? Like, you don't just, are you, how are you learning this if you're not really? Oh, but in the beginning, she well, said in the beginning, did. I definitely did. Uh, now they've a done lot it of so rehearsal. much. You know but what I mean? By yourself or with them? No, with the group. Okay. Yeah, we've rehearsed a lot over the years. It's just that um, we don't need to as much anymore because we're. It's, it's we've just, been work. It's yeah. automatic pilot. Yeah. 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 Fourteen years. It should be. I guess. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, what do you feel? How do you feel about being in a group? I love it. Right? It's good. It, right. You know, I didn't know that I would like it so much. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You get to share the, share the uh, spotlight. You don't have to always be out in the front. Um, there's something about being able to work off the energy on stage. I mean, I like both experiences. Of I've course. gotten a lot out of being a solo artist, and I've gotten a lot out of being in a group. Biggest arena you guys played? Probably most recent, actually. We just did the Cincinnati Music Festival, and that was at the Bengal Stadium. Oh, fun. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That was cool. pretty big. Yeah. So you, and now you're about to go to Australia. Yes. And tour around Australia. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, mate. What's your favorite, <laughs> what's, what's the worst country that you've been to? Come on. Well, maybe just worst experience in no, a the country. Wor- well, no, she yeah. can say, North, she can say North Korea. <laughs> it's safe. You can say that, Rona. <laughs> I almost don't want to say. Um, well, I don't. I don't know. Oh, Rona! For Christ's sake, <laughs> Mama, tell us your worst country <laughs> with Jesus. Let the cats in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say I've been to a country where I saw slums. Well, I've so who hasn't? And 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 no, that's not a who hasn't because people will think, oh, you've been to the ghetto, and that's like really bad. And it's not to say everything's relative, yeah, you know. So it is bad. But when I saw the slums, when I saw ruins that people lived in, Mm -hmm. when I saw shacks on shacks on shacks on water on shacks. When I saw worn ceilings and dirty, filthy walls and people walking down the middle of the freeways with like everything and a goat. I mean, just like crazy looking. And I was just like, wow, what a totally different. Yeah. Well, that could be anywhere. Life experience. I've seen it in South Africa. I've seen it in Mexico City. I've yeah, seen it, you know, I've seen it. So yeah, I, that for me, and and it was just it was just a, it was big, the biggest culture shock, and then it was just uncomfortable. It was just different, and I didn't, and then I it totally broadened my scope about, you know. How about dating? What's the worst date? Uh, <laughs> I know you have some funny date stories. I don't. I don't date. Girl, this is a. This is, you are know, you on the Tinder? I, 
I don't date a lot. No, I'm not on Tinder. Okay. Are you in a relationship um, now? No, I'm not. And I haven't been in a very long time. It's okay. Go ahead. Um, I think people think that, you know, because I'm, I move around so much that I must have all of these, like the smorgasbord of men. Oh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but I really, we're really in and out. I'm like, I'm like, we're in and then on the first thing smoking out of there. And then right. I'm at home and I'm studying to be, you know, to strengthen myself as an entrepreneur. Like I'm just working. Yeah. And you're now doing a podcast, right? I am, Music Wise Podcast. Tell us about that. That is uh, your music industry mentor. Uh, I have a partner that is overseas. Her name is Bindu Duknuk. She <laughs> lives in Amsterdam. Bindu Duknuk. Duknuk. <laughs> and um, she and I, uh, she is a, an IP lawyer for entertainment uh, music and also a musician and so we decided to pool our talents and skills together because we're both very passionate about the industry and and just having a, a well-rounded approach to success in music wow so wait what the That's podcast great. do you answer questions do you mm -hmm. so it's like it's like email based and then it's you... email based uh right now we've kind of turned it into minnesota's because it seems like the mini episodes are power packed you know we say what we need to say and we get out of there right. and we talk about uh every aspect that we can of um the psycho from the psychology of being it the coaching aspect because you know i'm a life coach a personal power life coach personal power life coach that's not the name of the show nope <laughs> that's on tour uh it's per your personal power personal power, power life, life coach. coach yes i am she's She's listen. This girl. I'm going to explain something to you right now. She's, <laughs> she's way too positive for my like. She's <laughs> like I'm totally uncomfortable. I don't normally even talk about a lot of this stuff here, so this no, is really hilarious. No, it's good because I told you. I go just let us lead. Don't worry. Yeah, it'll come out. Um, That's what, great. I want to know, but there's a reason you don't just become a personal power life coach. That's you, right. You, so, did this come from the doing the podcast, or did that come first? This came way before that. When okay. I, uh, okay, so while I was in, before I l ended up leaving in Vogue the second time, I remember I had said, you know, I, I wouldn't mind being a life coach. Sorry. I wouldn't mind being a life coach. I already had kind of a knack for giving advice to family members, friends, strangers. This is what they, you know, what people would tell me that would come to me just for um, whatever life mm -hmm. guidance or whatever. And it was something that I enjoyed doing it was something I naturally did, but I never put structure behind it. Not until I hit a proverbial wall in my career, did I take it seriously? Meaning n opportunity was just not budging for me. There was a point in time mm -hmm. where I was like, Oh my God, am I changing my career entirely? Mm -hmm. Am right. I not going to be a singer anymore? Mm -hmm. Am I not going to be an actress anymore? Like I, I didn't know. And um, I hit the most one of my worst financial struggles at that time. I had to get my first job nine to five. What'd you do? I, I, uh, thank goodness I had a buddy of mine who was an entrepreneur and was in a field of alternative medicine. So it, it resonated with something I was already interested in. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I, I, I want to do something to make my ends meet over here. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was like, come on over. It started out part time. And at the time, because I knew that I needed to take responsibility for where I was in my life, yeah. I was like... 
I went to me first and I said, Rona, what choices have you made up to this point that have you looking at this drought right now? And so I started to do the work on myself personally. And um, I would I was reading. I probably I, I remember treating it like going off to university. I was like, I'm about to be in college for like four years. I just became a hermit. Like I just went into a cocoon and I studied my face off for hours a day. I put together my own coaching program at that time. Mm-hmm. I started to, um, I went and started working with him. I wrote my first book. I started writing books is there. It, is it published? It's, yeah, I have like called? five mini books. Oh, wow. That I've published. Uh, and all of these came from real moments in my life. So the first one was God Motivation, How to Stay Motivated. Because at that time in my life, <laughs> I was definitely looking for motivation to keep moving. And I had to find out what I was doing. And so I shared with people in my first little mini book, you know, what, what I had to do to stay on track. The next book was uh, Find and Pursue Your Passion, Even with a Regular Job. Because at that mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. I was that's, working that's a regular a job. Yeah. And I was helping people people to stay connected to their passion. I was moonlighting with still being a singer. I was like, I got to have an outlet for what I came here to do on this planet, even though I got to, you know, Mm -hmm. make new choice. And I refused to be unhappy. So I was like, I got to figure out what I'm doing. The next book was um, how to discover no, 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 no. Eating healthier for less. Because <laughs> while I was, hello. Yeah, well, yeah. While I was working at this company, I worked in every aspect of it from product creation to customer service to shipping to, you know, so everything. So you learned all about. So I learned this stuff. Uh-huh. People would call she and be like, I learned it. <laughs> and people would want to know, they were like, well, I want to eat healthier, but it's too expensive. It was always that. And so I said, you know what? This is a a void. This is Mm -hmm. something people need. So I wrote that book. I did all the research for that. It's one of my books I'm very proud of. The next book was um, Beyond a Wish, How to Discover the Champion Within. And that was me really at a powered up space. You know, in my life, I shared stories from all of the disciplines you're talking about, you know, and uh, how that could help other people. And then my last book uh, was beyond the fear, real inspirational stories of people dealing with adversity and illness. And I shared my story of, um, you know, having this uh, diagnosis of a melanoma cancerous mole and what that was like and psychologically. I didn't blah, know blah, that. Blah. I know. My dad, I was going to interview him. He had mesothelioma, lung cancer, but before I could get to our interview he passed so I ended up writing his section but I'm so proud of his section of the Mm -hmm. book I also interviewed maybe five other people dealing with different forms of cancer you Um, interviewed me did you you knew that no I had testicular cancer I didn't know that yeah See, so we're learning things about each other. He has a bionic ball now. I have a I have a prosthetic testicle. Do you? I call it my bionic ball. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Honey, can it I give touch you it? A black no. eye. You can touch it. I can let I? people is touch it, it all the time. It's hard. All the time. Yeah. Okay, I'm touching his bionic ball, people. Wait, can I get this on Instagram? What's happening? Oh, really? Yeah. And then the other one's like really soft. The other one's regular. Very nice. Thanks. I missed it. Okay. <laughs> Couldn't. Stephen is. His face We've is, known each other so since red. we were kids. He's in this <laughs> book right now. Can't even. I just watch. touched a bionic ball. Yeah. So yeah, it feels like literally, it's a foreign object in my body, right? But it isn't, you know. But I, now you're totally comfortable and, I'm, and I'm, used I'm, to I, it. I, He's I, not that happy. He honestly. I, I, I regret getting it. 
Because he really? said it would Why? soften. Because he told me it would soften up within years. Because well, but if you all, didn't get it, what would you do it with just, it? It would just, just be, be a testicle. Set? It'd be, but it, it yeah, it'll look mm-hmm. normal. It won't look. It won't Saggy. look. Yeah, no. But it now won't. it's it like won't. a, it's just a your, larger ball. It's the same size because what they do is right before you go into surgery, they go. <laughs> I don't, I'm so we are so digressing. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen's like laughing his ass, and you probably are too, audience. But this is the truth. This is real men. From 15 to 35, you should check your testicles. I'm just telling really? you. Really? Why? Why? That's the age range that, 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 that ha- usually happens. Do you feel but a lump what happens? in there? Oh, a I'm, lump? Yeah, oh, I okay. found a little lump. And I'll, really? I'll tell you the story off air because I've, I've, have I done this? Yeah. yeah, I've done this story already. Okay. So anyways, but um, you, they, right before surgery, the doctor goes, so do you want the prosthetic? And I, my first question was, well, does insurance cover it? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, and I'm like, okay, then throw it in. <laughs> Literally, right. this is a conversation. This is like right before I'm about to go under. He goes, "What size do you want?" And I go, "I'd like it to match." <laughs> right? Hello. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm like, I want it to be cute. I, I go, "Whatever the size I have, that's what I, you know, already." Right. I go, "I don't want it." Yeah. He's like, "Okay, just checking." So when I, I got it, I was like, it literally felt like a rubber ball that you could throw against the wall, you know, like those kids' balls, you know. Really? Yeah, I was like, oh, my So God. you have a rubber. I've had it for 11 years. Oh, awesome. Look at that, 11. There's my number. See, we're on point today. Mm-hmm. I'm an 11-year survivor. My signal. I love it. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. That was I know that. I don't know even where we were. Now, I'm you were totally talking about where do you yeah. find these books, Yeah, where do you find these books? RonaBennett.com. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. And you, I want real quick, just because you said something. You said when I left En Vogue for the second time, yeah. Then you started going through the struggle, which is yeah. interesting. Why did you leave En Vogue then? I didn't necessarily leave them. That's probably not the best way to say it, but um, they came back together as original members, wanting Got it. to give it another go. Got it. Yeah. And so, of course, naturally, I would go and do my thing. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just like. But I wasn't prepared. Right. I had already been right. there for maybe five years. Right. right. I didn't know that this was gonna, so. It was like, oh, I'm doing something different. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I got switched gears and by surprise. <laughs> yeah. By the way, so. well, we're back to EV original. <laughs> You're EV two. <laughs> so, yeah. So apparently, everyone's replaceable. That's one of the lessons we've learned. <laughs> True. I think that you know what you know what it teaches you to or it teaches. I like to speak. Let me speak in present tense. Diversify, folks, you know, especially in yeah. our business. Uh, don't throw all your eggs in one basket. Just period. Right. In general, whether you're in our business or not, but especially in our business, which I think is a very risky business. You very. know what I mean? Uh, it's good to have other things of interest that you can do. Absolutely. Yes. Period. And I and I really didn't take that seriously until that second time around so even though it was one of the most difficult times i dealt with in my life it was probably the most empowering and rewarding look what came out of that yeah five books a totally different career a lot of lessons learned and probably a lot of introspection yes during that time that now now you're getting ready to go to australia and, and sing and do what you're probably meant god put you on this earth to do I'd but like to there's think a so. different like mentality. She's, she's gonna. I, I, I'm gonna predict this. Rona is. You're gonna get back into acting more. I think. Yeah. Probably. I think, you, I think you need to take some of your advice and get back into like and push it. Like really, like yeah. you have to make that happen for yourself, right. which you will. I, I know. And once she does, I'm telling you, is she's so talented as an actor. 
Once she does, it's just going to fly. I just know that. I already know. So I'm not worried about her in that sense. I am. I am so happy you're doing En Vogue because it's iconic, and you know. Plus, she can give me some damn tickets. Hey, <laughs> I saw, think about it. I think about it. I mean, I saw. I saw what was the theater in New York? It was on 42nd Street. It is. It was BB King's. Yeah, BB King's. Oh, yeah. It, was, it was so fun. Yeah, I went backstage. It's good to see you. And it was. Uh, uh, do, you have to send me some pictures of you guys together and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Do you have any Mouse Club pictures? Yeah, I do. Do you have any pictures of us? Find Probably them. somewhere okay, in the archive. Check our social. We'll, yeah. we'll put them up right, on our social. Where do we find Miss Bennett? You can find me at RonaBennett.com, R-H-O-N-A-B-E-N-N-E-T-T. Um, there you can also check out my online university, Personal Power University. Okay. Where, uh, yes, you got I your have. own school? I do. Okay. I do. So that's what I'm saying. All these wonderful things have come from my adversity. Yeah. Okay. You offer scholarships? I do. Okay. Actually. <laughs> we know a lot won't be there. <laughs> okay. Where else? Um, you can uh, pick up the books from the online shopping store, Shop Operation 11. Okay. You Shop can get Operation my t shirts. You see mine? My awesome is contagious. Okay, I love it. Hey, look. She's got a Isn't brand yours? You know? Okay. And o- Occupy Eardrums is there as well. Um, <laughs> I've been moving. I'm an entrepreneur as well oh, now. Yes. So. Got, and what else? The um, podcast. The podcast, Music Wise Podcast, is also featured there. And that's Wise W I S E. Yes, Music that's Wise. Really podcast. great because I feel like there's so many people who want to get into the music business, and I've even been asked stuff, and I said, "Hey, listen, I don't know anything about it. It looks, it feels like a backwards business to me. I don't even. I have nothing to say. Where can you hear that? But I think that is. Awesome. I usually thank you. Thank yeah. you. We have a SoundCloud. Okay. You know, so for that, but we're getting, we're actually in the process of rebooting. We're getting ready to write a book oh, together. Good. Oh, we, good. This was the whole purpose. We even launched the podcast was to fill a void. Got it. So, um, this is a very, and, and we're getting, I just booked my ticket to fly to Amsterdam uh, because we're going to go to Florence, Italy to write. Oh, oh nice. Just wow. to go write. Awesome. So that, I'm just so excited about that. Okay. It's going to be Look for Rona in Florence. No, Look for Rona in Florence. <laughs> It'll be like, where's Waldo? Uh, <laughs> you look, for, like. look for the braids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dirty Debbie! <laughs> Okay, and then your social, your Instagram. My okay, I probably should get a little bit more congruent here, but uh, on Instagram, it's official Miss R and B. So the Miss is M I S S R, the letter N and B. On Twitter, it's just Miss R and B. Okay, so official Miss R and B and Miss R and B. Either one of those, you can find me on my social media. Oh my god, Brenda, I'm so happy you came in. Thank you for having me, man. This was fascinating. I know. I learned and I a lot to, that I didn't know. I, I know. See I don't EV. know what this conversation's going to sound like at the end of the day. It's good. Oh, trust don't, me. We don't know. worry. It's great. <laughs> because, like, you are the least likely candidate to have a bad experience because you are so positive. Yeah. Oh, well, you know. You know? But it comes out of that stuff, right? Yeah. Well, like, how, it all does. What, uh, it I mean, all has why, to. That's why this whole thing, that's what worst ever is about. Yeah. It's humanizing your worst ever. It's not about making, it's not making, it's making fun of it in the sense of, like, we can laugh at it. We can laugh at it now in Mm -hmm. hindsight because something positive came out of it. Because celebrities, I mean, everyone has a worst ever story. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. The point of this is to make you more relatable to your fan base because they're like, oh, that happened to me. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of fans think that celebrities just come up. 
Right. You know, or they have charmed lives or yeah, blessed existences. Like they don't and get that they've had to have worst auditions. Oh, yeah. Ups and have, downs in their careers. They've had to have worst dates. They've oh, had yeah. to have humiliating experiences. Absolutely. And it just makes you more relatable and more endearing. And, and if so, nothing else, maybe you've got a worse story and someone's like, oh, shit, my life's pretty good. I right. know. Hear huh? that How about one? Hear episode 13? <laughs> shit. <laughs> so that's what, that's what this is about. Don't That's let the right. title fool you, Oh, girl. my goodness. It so you're like, positive after all. It ain't you like, better stop hating on me. It ain't like the show, <laughs> get your worst Jesus ever. <laughs> you know Let the what? cats out. All right. I'm Christine Lakin. You can find me on social at Yo Lakin. And I'm Ala Khaled. And you can find me at Alec Led. Don't ask. We already talked about it. It doesn't make, still doesn't make sense. And... Uh, you can always find me at uh, Stephen Ray Morris. Thanks. Thank you, Stephen. Never I touched a bionic ball. Never gonna get it. Never gonna get it. I touched a bionic ball in my hand. You can find us at Worst Ever Podcast at Worst Ever Podcast and Worst Ever PC. As always, thank you to Stephen. Thank you to Rona. Thank you for having me. Email us at Worst Ever Podcast at gmail.com. Bye. Thank you.